My name is Dr. Tram Jones, and since 2019, my wife and I have been living in Haiti. This is the story of our life there and the patients we've seen. Today on the podcast, I want to tell you the heartening story of a young boy and his tireless father. In Haiti, if your child has a serious illness and you want him to survive, you must be tenacious. It does not suffice simply to walk into the nearest clinic, expect the doctor to make a diagnosis on the spot, and start management. This strategy may work for more straightforward cases, for example, if your child has pneumonia or diarrhea, but once it gets more complicated, you need to have the right combination of persistence, patience, and assertiveness. Little Brian was blessed with a father that had all of these qualities. It was morning in the clinic. My colleague, Dr. Lolo, called me into his office to see a child with him. Brian was splayed out on the examination table, stomach down. His shirt was off, and it was immediately evident what the issue was. There was a large knot midway down his spinal column. As soon as the vertebrae hit this knot, his back continued in an acute, unnatural angle. Dr. Lolo and I talked with his father, Dave. He told us that Brian had fallen three months ago, and since then, he had been debilitated. Brian could not walk or even sit. He was nearly completely paralyzed from the waist down. The only movement he could make was a slight twitch of his leg. David physically carried Brian from hospital to hospital in Haiti, trying to find someone who could cure his son. He had gone as far as Mirabale, a city two hours from Port-au-Prince, in search of a cure. To us, it looked consistent with spinal trauma. Next, I did what I have done in many other complicated cases. I got on Facebook. I started networking, and I was directed to Dr. Scott Nelson, an American orthopedic surgeon who lived and worked on the other side of Port-au-Prince. We corresponded by email and decided to send the child to see him. After Scott saw him, he recommended we pursue a CT scan. He thought Brian had a chance to regain his strength if we could intervene soon. I met with Dave and Brian and explained this. We arranged a motorcycle driver to transport the two over the next few weeks, and we raised money to pay for his scan. To do anything in Haiti, you typically need to visit the business several times to try to have the service done. Hours are unpredictable and stores are closed unexpectedly. You also need to be in person to get prices because almost no business answers their publicly listed phone numbers. This meant that over the next week, Dave had to go back and forth and back and forth between downtown and our clinic. Eventually, Dave was able to get Brian his CT scan, and he brought the results back to me. As I held the x-ray paper up to the light out of my office, even as a non-radiologist, I could tell they were not good. There was a large mass in his thoracic spine. In Haiti, this almost certainly means one thing tuberculosis. Tuberculosis is present the world over. In 2020, it was predicted to be the cause of death for 1.5 million people. It's good to remember that this is not that far off from the 1.8 million people that died in 2020 worldwide from coronavirus, and many more than the 700,000 people that die each year from HIV-AIDS. And yet, there's little panic because TB has been killing people for millennia. It killed Andrew Jackson, Eleanor Roosevelt, and Pocahontas. In today's world, it doesn't get much attention because only 500 or so of the 1.5 million deaths are in the United States. TB is caught when an infected person coughs into the air and a nearby person breathes in the organism. It then enters the lungs and the bloodstream and lodges in organs around the body. Mostly, these organs are the lungs, but this could be the bones, the kidneys, or really anywhere else imaginable. In Brian, the tuberculosis lodged in his spinal cord and then laid in wait. At a certain point, 
possibly when his body was under stress, the tuberculosis decided the time was right to burst out. The infection grew and weakened the bones of his spine until a simple fall was enough to break his back. Then the tuberculosis mass kept expanding until it had blocked off his spinal cord. I emailed back and forth with Dr. Nelson and he leapt into action. We again used a motorcycle to transport Brian to and from the hospital. And it's worth making a note of this. This was a child with a spinal cord injury that was being transported on the bumpy Port-au-Prince streets on the back of a motorcycle. This would never happen in the United States. And if we had had the means, we would have avoided this. But in this case, we had to make do with what we could. At the same time, our college interns and one of my friends, David, raised money for Brian's care. Dr. Nelson performed a biopsy confirming tuberculosis. Brian was then referred to a tuberculosis clinic and started treatment. With financial assistance, one month after treatment started, Brian underwent an extensive spinal stabilization surgery that left him in the hospital for nearly a month as he began physical therapy. His father moved in with a family member to be closer to the hospital to spend time with his son. After leaving the hospital, he could almost sit, but this would leave him invariably in excruciating pain. His father started performing daily physical therapy exercises with him to slowly regain strength. I saw him last week, and his progress has been nothing short of amazing. Now, he's sitting without any issue and can almost stand, except for a tremor in his left leg. Dr. Nelson expects him to walk again, something that I would never have believed when I first saw Brian months ago, immobile with a broken back and contracted legs. I sat with Brian and both his parents, and we talked about Brian's future. His parents tell me that Brian has been begging to go to school, but he's been too sick over the last year to attend. His parents echo his desires. Like so many parents, their primary desire is for Brian to get an education, and then after that, maybe one day to become a doctor. I can confidently say that Brian would have died if his father did not have persistence. In the United States, you can walk into any ER and find care. Even if the facility is not equipped, they are legally obligated to transfer you to another hospital. In Haiti, Dave had to go from doctor to doctor to doctor, not driving in a nice SUV, but often on foot, carrying his son. In Haiti, you cannot simply say that you alone as a doctor have saved a life. Everyone came together to help Ryan, Dr. Nelson, the tuberculosis clinic, the motorcycle driver, the CT scan operator, his supporters in the United States. But this whole system falls apart if his parents were not tenacious. Without this tenacity, Brian would not be with us. More than any other person, it was his father that saved Brian's life. Thank you for listening. We would like you to know that we are simply telling stories as we have seen them in Haiti. But Haiti is a fascinating country with a fascinating history. And there are many Haitian voices that can tell the story of Haiti in all its facets, and we encourage you to seek them out. As we made this episode, some names have been changed to protect confidentiality. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends or give us a rating wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you and God bless.